Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. And Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on along now with Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com, Sean Styers on this Wednesday. How are you today, Mr. Driscoll? I'm doing wonderful. It's a uh, beautiful sunny day here in South Bend. Going to go hang out with my wife a little bit tonight. So it's kind of our anniversary week, so it's oh, been, a, been a good day. Congratulations. Yeah. How many years now? Yeah. 14. Can 14. you believe she's put up with me for 14 years? Seriously. I mean, come on. She's a saint. <laughs> So is somebody giving her a medal or anything? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Cook a real nice meal. That's all well, there you go. That's you know that's something. That's something. All right. So I uh, I played you know a lot of the audio from the press conference today. Jack Swarbrick, Marcus Freeman, Eddie George, Mickey Allen from Tennessee State. Notre Dame is going to for the first time ever play both an HBCU school and an FCS school. All rolled into one. Tennessee State, September uh, 2nd of next year. So the floor is yours. What do you think about this? You know, my my issue with this whole discussion is is it feels like people are kind of getting on one side and not hearing the other side. And, you know, my (laughs) frustration is is I can see. Gee, that never happens in this country, Brian. Come on. Exactly. (laughs) Especially now, we are so evolved and so willing to be open-minded to other people's sides. Yes. I I, I mean, look, you you can't say that there's not positives that can come out of this game, and you're foolish to pretend like there's not negatives for doing this, right? And right. It's not an all or nothing. It's not an no, all. There, there can it's be not. both sides. In exactly. It. Yeah. And and I can understand the the reasons why and still think it's not a good thing in right now based on the current landscape of college football. The positives are, I mean, look, if you don't think this is going to be noticed by by young African-American players and their families, you're kidding yourself because this is Notre Dame who has a, a long history of doing things like this, going all the way back to – you know, when Newt Rockney was coach and the Notre Dame football players took off in town to fight the KKK, whether it was Father Hesburgh's, you know, very active involvement in the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s mm-hmm. and all those type of things. Notre Dame has a history of doing things like this. And I understand all that. And I think there'll be recruiting benefits of it. I think there'll be perception benefits of it. I think they're going to help Tennessee State out, obviously, because the payday is going to be big. I didn't like the fact that Tennessee State acted like, you know, well, we had to negotiate. Like Notre Dame had to beg us and give us more money. That kind of annoyed me. <laughs> Um, you know, but, uh, but at the same time, that's all fine and dandy. And I can say that's cool and that's great and all that sounds wonderful. But at the same time say, okay, but address how this impacts your college football playoff resume. And it bothered me that Jack Swarbrick and coach Freeman didn't even mention that. The only person that mentioned that was the AD at Tennessee state in regards to the fact that this is Notre Dame's first time playing the FCS. And the reason that matters and and, and what I ultimately care about is all the good feelings and the good vibes and the positive, all that doesn't get you a playoff spot. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What gets you a playoff spot is your resume. And when you cannot play a, a conference championship game and you're only going to play FBS, you know, 11 FBS teams, if you're 12 and 0, it doesn't matter. But if you're 11 and 1, you no longer have the whole, well, 
you don't get, you know, if another one-loss team, you don't get your 11th win over an FBS team till your conference championship game. That's been Notre Dame's thing. You know, we only play FBS teams, so if we're 11-1, and we have the same record against FBS teams as you do. Yep. Right, when all these SEC teams play FCS teams. Well, that's gone. And, you know, for people to say, well, you know, look, you know, FCS teams are about the same as the, you know, Bowling Green in New Mexico. I, I've pointed that. That's so easily disprovable. Yeah. I mean, Bowling Green is, you know, one year beat a, like, or New Mexico one year beat a 9-3 and three FCS team. Notre Dame beat Georgia Tech this year. What was it, 45 to nothing? Georgia Tech curb stomped an FCS team that made the playoffs. You know, so, I mean, so I, I looked, I pointed this out. The FBS teams this year went six, FBF, FCS playoff teams this year went 6-12 and 12 against FBS teams. And the, and the wins were like 7-6 and six, Tulsa, 4-8 Washington, 2-10 uh, uh, and 10 Vanderbilt, 2-10. and 10. I mean, right. it was like 1-11 and 11 They're UConn. all lower level. Yeah, they're right. lower level Outs, FBS teams. Exactly. Yeah. Outside of North Dakota State, like James Madison, and like three or four teams, there's a huge difference from the worst teams in the FBS and a top 25 team in FCS. And if you can't understand that, then you really don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, you know, and again, I point out a team like Georgia Tech can go three and nine, and one of their three wins was a 45 to 17 win over a Kennesaw State team that not only made the playoffs, won a game in the playoffs at the FCS level. So, you know, if you don't realize how that's going to hurt your college football playoff, potentially hurt your playoff resume, you know, and say, well, no, Notre Dame's got to go 12 and 0 anyway. No, they don't. There's no evidence of that. Notre right. Dame made the playoff in 2020 with a loss. Notre Dame made the playoffs, uh, or would have made the playoffs in 2017 if with a loss, because if they would have beat Miami and Stanford, they're in the playoffs. They were the three seed at the time they lost to Miami. You know, they were in the top four with a loss in 2015. There's no evidence that Notre Dame has to go 12 and 0. Now, however, that's a much stronger case. Now you've pretty much said if you don't go undefeated against a schedule that has Ohio State, Clemson, and USC on it, you're going to have a tough time getting to the championship. So, but as long as you feel good about yourself, you know, it, it, I guess that was a snarky comment. I shouldn't have said that because but it's, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate the positives of this kind of thing. But right. to not even address the, the cons- legitimate concerns that Notre Dame has, Notre Dame fans have, it's just another example to me for all the wonderful things Jack Swarbrick has done and to build up these programs, the constant dismissal of how your decisions impact the people that are behind the fact that you are a billion-dollar industry continues to really, really bother me. And is 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 the goal to win net, you know, and compete for national championships or not? Because this does not right. help you accomplish. There, yes, there are still a lot of good things which we, yes. we've talked about, but this does not help accomplish the most important goal which is to win a national championship. Right. And it doesn't hurt you from the standpoint of if you win all your games, you're not going to not have success in the postseason because you played Tennessee State. I I don't believe that. Uh, But it it could help you not hurt you not getting there. And that's that's the concern. That's the issue that I have. And to not even address it as if it doesn't matter is not a thing. Just, you know, I I just found it short sighted. And, and, um, you know, it's like you're just pretending it's not there. And and you know it just it's just a constant thing of like you just it's like i don't think that they really care that the fcs thing was a, a point of pride for for fans and the reason i don't think they care it's not that you scheduling this game shows you you don't care it's the fact that you didn't even address that it's an issue or or explain why you made this decision at the time 
to to give up on this. It's like for them, it wasn't even for for Jack Swarbrick, it wasn't even a thing. I don't expect Marcus Freeman to have that same appreciation. He's been here a year, right? You know what I mean? He's not a Notre Dame guy. He hasn't been here over a decade like Jack Swarbrick has. For Jack Swarbrick to not address that, I think it was a, was an unforced error and. You know, and, and, and all the fans that you had a chance to reach fans and get them to understand why you're doing this, and they really didn't, in my opinion. Yeah. They really didn't do that. But essentially, the large benefit, you know, who benefits from this that was addressed in the press conference today was mostly about Tennessee State. There's far more yes. benefit to Tennessee State in no, all this. Notre Dame did nothing to, to, to advocate why this is good for Notre Dame. Right. Now, it's like Jack Swarbrick was there to, to talk about why it was great for Tennessee State. Because now the other yeah. aspect of this, Brian, is when you look at the schedule now that season, especially the home schedule, college football attendance took a took a big has taken a steady nosedive over the last mm-hmm. six or seven years, bottoming out last year, lowest attendance in like forty years last year. Here's Notre Dame's home schedule: Tennessee State, Central Michigan. Okay, Ohio State, USC, obviously two mm-hmm. premier games. But then you've got Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. It's not mm-hmm. going to make a lot of people run out and buy season tickets no. for 2023. Well, what it's going to be is is when they play Tennessee State, there's going to be a ton of Tennessee State fans right. in the stands. Right, When they play Ohio State, there's going to be a lot of scarlet and gray in the stands. Yeah. I mean, it's like – and Notre Dame just refuses to even act like this is a problem. You know, and and you know, like you said, it's another example of them just really not addressing the things that are that are important. But at the end of the day, the the home attendance thing doesn't really impact championships, and and that's the big thing for me. You know, it, it's it's I don't know if you would have played, you know, Kansas State if that would have moved the needle from a home scheduling standpoint either. That is more about the ACC, and until the ACC True. gets better. This is going to be a problem for Notre Dame yeah. because I don't think anyone that unless Notre Dame would have scheduled Alabama, which that had been stupid because now you got to play, you know, like an, an Alabama type of program or Texas or, you know, an Oklahoma. And now you've got Oklahoma, you know, that team plus Ohio State plus Clemson plus USC on your schedule. So in that regards, I don't I don't that doesn't bother me too much because I, I don't know if it would have, you know, any kind of program that would have been a draw, you know, attendance wise. What, the argument would have been the same. Like you're not giving your team a, ch- compa- compa- a chance to compete for championship because your schedule is way too challenging at that point in time. So that would have been my counter to that. Yeah, it and, doesn't bother me as much. And I, and, I, and I get what you're saying, but like even from you know from Notre Dame's pocketbook standpoint, like you said, you know, for a handful of those games there, are, are are you just renting your stadium out to the other team now because that's but what for you're a Notre Dame get. pocketbook standpoint, they're yeah. still going to make money exactly because those that's team th- exactly. those people are going to pay more money and the, you know so so that's but that at the end of the day that that's what Notre Dame cares about. Let's be honest about that. Like there's no disputing that that's what Notre Dame cares about. You yeah. know, like and the whole well look what the basketball team what did playing Howard do for the basketball team? Like because it didn't help their playoff, it didn't help their resume. They went 15 and five in the ACC and were on an 11 seed. Right? right. I mean, so, and the other thing too is, is that's not a good argument because there's two bad arguments people have made. Number one is, well, the basketball team played Howard. Howard's a Division One team. Notre Dame's a Division One team. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's apples it's, to oranges. It's di- yeah, it's it's different in basketball. N- number two, the whole well, Alabama does it. Well, when Notre Dame wins six championships in a 12-year period, then Notre Dame can get away with playing an FCS team and it not count against them. Yeah, and Alabama right? plays in the SEC, plus they have a conference that, championship game now, where they're going to play a team uh, whether, somewhere whether around, the SEC, you know. 
Right, but whether the SEC is legitimately a great conference or not, the perception is that they play in the SEC. Right. Even right. if they, you know, they don't and that's have to that's play my point. Of, they play in the right. SEC. Exactly, <laughs> and and they're going to get that benefit of the doubt where Notre Dame is not. And so we have to have we can have a conversation about this, and there's there's legitimately good points to make on both sides. And at the end of the day, I will say this: if you're gonna play an FCS team, I'd rather it be something like this. That is the one thing I'm adding. I would about. agree with like, that. I would if agree with that. It would have been an Indiana State or an Illinois State or Youngstown. It, it, that's literally just a game, a, a, a game to, to, to pay a team not a lot of money to beat the mess out of to get your backups work. I do like the standpoint of if you're going to play a game like this, make it meaningful. You know, and this is an HBCU. It's in my opinion, I, I believe this is the closest HBCU that plays at the Division One or One AA level. I know Central States in Ohio, but they're Division Two, I believe, or NAIA, one of those. Um, I can't remember. I think they're Division Two, and, and and you know you talk about it. You know, it's like what five and a half hours away. It's in a state that you'd like to recruit more. There's a lot of benefits to if you're going to do this, it being a program like Tennessee State. That's that, that, that then sell that angle more. But again, Notre Dame didn't even address that. They right. act like they, they acted like for from the way Notre Dame was talking, this was like. You know, hey, we're just doing a solid for Tennessee State without explaining how this is good for their program. I mean, it was it was strange. Like it, they should have had the press conference they had today at Tennessee State, the way that it was. <laughs> That's, I mean, like, seriously, because they t- you know they talked about the band and the thing with the band is going to be great and all that stuff is true. But they they do, didn't even really talk about it. Like to me, well, that yeah. would have been something I'm interested by. Like, tell me, is there going to be a battle of the bands but, before the games? Or like that have been sweet. I'd but at the same time, like it's like okay that. They, they don't show the bands on but TV, it, right? Because that's talked about all the time. Right. Fans complain about would've. that all the time. They don't even show the Notre Dame band. Right. But here's <laughs> the thing. I guarantee you the band gets airtime that week. Right. Right. Because you know, if they do it right, then that's the thing is I don't have a lot of faith that Notre Dame's going to do it right. That that That's my concern. And, again, this, is about, this isn't about Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff. They're going to put a great product on the field, in my opinion. This is about the leadership in Notre Dame. And it's just, again, it's a missed opportunity. And when you don't explain it, then the, the the negatives that people say about it, which I don't necessarily buy, I don't think this like people say, well, this is a this is a PR move or just a social justice move, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't really I don't really go there with you because I do think there's legitimate merit to to this. There's been a push to try to help build up but HBCUs for a while now because these did used to be premier academic institutions, and there's a lot of reasons why they're not anymore, or at least not the perception was. You know, so so let's have that conversation, right? Like like promote that stuff more because when you just ignore it, you're not really you're not really answering a lot of the questions that people have about why you would you would schedule a game like this and just get you know and and just completely eliminate something that. Uh, 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 Notre Dame fans, by and large, take a lot of pride in that whole we've never played an FCS team. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of pride in it. I mean, it's talked about every year in November. Every year in November since the playoff started. Yeah, because and to when, just when, not, and when, pretend like it didn't happen, like it doesn't matter. Just mm. when these narratives about you know the, the lack, you know whatever's lacking on Notre Dame's schedule and who they beat and didn't beat, and, and obviously they they're not in a conference. conference and they're not in a conference championship game. Right. That's the first thing and, and most important thing you can say. Right. Never played an FCS school, but that's gone now. So, and not just so that, but why I, it would have been it, right? It would have been not worth sure. addressing why whatever exactly. these benefits are outweigh giving that up. It would have been every worth single November today. that every every November that that gets brought up by SEC fans or the national media. I always say it's not until the, the title, the conference title game, that that team plays a twelfth FBS game. Right. That Notre Dame plays every year. 
Right. It's not until then that that happens. I can't say that anymore. It, and so and so now, unless and this is the whole thing. Notre Dame always had a, a thinner margin for error to get in the playoff. They just made it thinner, and 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 they're pretending like it didn't happen. And that's the legitimate concerns that some people have that that I felt they should have addressed that they didn't. And I was a little frustrated by the fact that they kind of cut that thing short. Like nobody else had any more questions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, whatever. But that's a whole different conversation for a different day. But all right, um, I understand it. I get it. I think there's some really cool aspects of it. But at the end of the day, the the thing that matters most to me, Sean, is does this help you compete for a championship? And you can't explain the answer's no. that it does. All right, real quick, uh, they also picked up a grad transfer from Harvard today, Chris Smith. So let's talk about a guy who's going to be on the field, presumably, for Notre Dame next year. Chris yes. Smith from Harvard defensive tackle. What do you think about him? Well, it's a good pickup. And, and, and I'm, I'm working on an article now, actually. I had to take a pause because, you know, I wanted to come on the show with you. But the thing I'm saying is what, what no matter what, this is going to help Notre Dame. And by that, I mean either, A, he's going to come in and play well. He was a first-team All-Ivy League kid this year. He's 6'2", about 295. He's he's a quick. He's a pen. It reminds me a lot of Jacob Lacey as a player, like okay. really similar to Jacob Lacey as a player. Um, but if he is playing – it means he's earned that playing time. If he's not playing, it means other guys have played better than him. And either way, it helps your depth chart. So I think that they needed another body, especially with Aiden Kiana getting injured. They needed another body inside, especially with some injury history with, you know, Jacob Lacey and some other guys. And, you know, this is a young man that clearly understands the academic rigors that go, I mean, with the Harvard, right? He understands, you know, difficult classes and, and workloads and all that. He's going to be a graduate student. And he's going to, at the very least, give you good depth. And at the most, he's going to beat some dudes out and get some playing time. I think more likely he gives you 10 to 15 snaps a game and he solidifies your depth and you know gives you an, a, a pretty athletic penetrator that's got a little meat to him, uh, which is something they're, they're lacking a little bit of from a number standpoint. So there's no drawbacks to this as long as he has to earn his playing time which is was my big issue with the grad transfer they had on the offensive line last year. If you're just going <laughs> to plug him in there because he's here, right. that's a mistake. But if he earns his playing time, then then that's going to make you a better defensive line, and, and I think it's a, a good move. And I would like to see them make a similar wide receiver move now that Joe Wilkins is battling his injury. So Absolutely. I would like to see one more of these uh, moving forward. All right, real quick, what, what else is going on at irishbreakdown.com? Well, we're obviously talking about the, the Chris Smith stuff, a lot of recruiting stuff. Notre Dame is hosting a 2022 running back, Jabron Payne, this weekend, uh, which is interesting. He had originally signed with Indiana because he wanted to play for Deland McCullough. Oh. So he's going to visit Notre Dame this weekend, and there's a there's a chance Notre Dame's in a good position to where they can maybe add another player. So they, they're going to get a late – potentially could get a late addition – but uh, it's not a transfer. It's actually going to be an incoming freshman from right. Cincinnati. Sounds good. I will talk to you next week. Thanks, Brian. Sounds good. See you, Sean. All right. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com. We will take a timeout. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat is coming up next. A little bit behind, you'll hear from Kyron Williams at the start of the 6 o'clock hour. And Jim Irizarry is going to join me as well for Rapid Fire. That's coming up on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 